Welcome to RLF Radio, the only show that helps young baseball players and their parents prepare for high school athletics and beyond. Brought to you by the Ryan Lemon Foundation, with your host, Dick Owens, Guy Lemon. Good evening, everybody. This is Guy Lemon with Dick Owens of the Ryan Lemon Foundation. Good evening, everybody. On our podcast, and uh, this evening's uh, guest is anyone that knows anything and is involved in any capacity in high school baseball. The gentleman we're about to introduce is the guru of uh, Orange County, Southern California, High school athletics, not just baseball, although today we'll, we'll focus on uh, baseball. Steve Fryer. Steve, welcome, and thank you for being here. Good being with you, folks. I know that, uh, Steve, I'll let you kind of describe your background. I don't want to date you too much, but, but, again, as anybody knows, they recognize Steve's name for years. You've been with the Register now for, for how long? Oh, close to 40 years. I started working there as a part-time kid in about 1978 or 9. I think I don't I don't save any of my stuff, so I really don't know. Did a lot of different jobs during the 80s and covered a lot of high school events in the 80s. And then in uh, 1990, I became uh, the full-time uh, high school sports columnist, covers, covering a ton of games, feature stories, uh, breaking news, all kinds of events circulating around Orange County High School Athletics, including our recent releaguing, which we just did a couple days ago uh, to, to slot teams in the new leagues. A lot of new things happened there. Korean Lutheran is uh, getting out of the private school area, uh, and uh, they are going to be in the Empire League. Um, boy, there's going to be a football-only league, actually, which is kind of complicated to get into. Uh, the Sunset League is now an eight-team Sunset Conference for all sports, but football because Marina and Corona del Mar are going to be are, uh, Marina and Corona del Mar are going to be in that that group, but they're going to be in the Golden West League for football only. Well, Corona del Mar is still going to stay over uh, in the Sunset League for football, but it's it's quite a mess of things going up going all around the place in this releaguing bed. It's quite, it's quite interesting how this is all going to work out. Laguna Beach is going to be in the Sunset Conference mm-hmm. for things like water polo, tennis. And, and all, baseball. All kinds yeah. of, and baseball. And, baseball. and uh, yeah. And Laguna Beach, you know, they got Jeff Sears. Their baseball team, I think they can hang with the Sunset Conference, I think. The problem with Sun- Laguna Beach is that it's enrollment's like 1,100. And, uh, you know, they're going to be going up against schools with twice the enrollment. Laguna Beach has has, you know, a really good pool of athletics, and it's a socio-demographically um, well-off area uh, by Orange County standards or any standards, right? But right. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that all folds out. Well, it's going to be interesting. I, You know, I know that over the years, Corona Del Mar has always been viewed as the little engine that could. Same thing, small enrollment, but competitive yeah. with team with schools that have a much larger enrollment. And now, probably the three little engines that hopefully can is Crean, uh, uh, Laguna Beach, and Corona del Mar. All three are kind of stepping up in class, aren't they? Yeah, they they sure are. This this football only Western West League is going to be <laughs> Marina, Laguna Beach, Garden Grove over there, Ocean View Western, Godina Searstrom, and Westminster. Portola, a new school. Uh, I think that's in your neck of the woods, maybe, Guy. Yeah, Irvine, yeah. Uh, they joined, they replaced Carnival Mar in the Pacific Coast Conference, uh, Pacific Coast League, rather, with, so that's Beckman, Portola, Irvine, Northwood University, and Woodbridge. We have now a 
Irvine only league. And going back in my memory, I don't think that's ever occurred. No, I think that's right. Well, and, right. and Irvine now has become bigger with the uh, the new school out by the Great Park. I don't know if that's Portola. Portola, that there, yeah, Portola. That there's a lot of schools within that uh, that that small boundary. Hey, Steve, let me ask you a question on sure. on Crean joining a public school. Yes. I know there's some controversy over that. Originally talked about having them in the Trinity League, and uh, obviously I think it would be pretty tough for them to compete football-wise for sure. Right. What do you think about having a private school in the public sector? Uh, the p- private schools, uh, lack of a better word, they can kind of go out and get people, uh, where the pr- uh, public schools, of course, are demographic-wise have to go between boundaries. Yeah, they do to an extent. I mean, certainly there are... Um some exceptions to that. Mission Viejo is definitely sort of an athletic magnet uh, in football. They get a lot of uh, uh, transfers. I have nothing against transfers. I think if you're really good, uh, whether you're Disneyland or McDonald's or 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 BMW, if, if you're really good, people are gonna gonna seek you out. I don't know why I put McDonald's in a group with BMW and Disneyland, so please forgive me for that. Burger King and somebody else, uh, <laughs> in and out. It, it yeah, just, yeah, it just speaks go. to yeah, your afternoon uh, food choices, Steve. That must be uh, your favorite restaurant. It, it, it speaks to my – I just look at the big corporate dudes who – I always wonder, why does Disneyland even advertise? Yeah, right. So any, what a waste of money. Everybody knows, everybody knows it's good, and they're going to go. Yeah, but, exactly right. Um, I, I think I – think, uh, um, Korean Lutheran and that group. See, I thought, like you guys did, that, that maybe Korean was going to go into Trinity League, but that would have been a horrible thing for them. Right. Now, remember, what is it, six, eight years ago that Jay Sarah was right. going into the Trinity League? Right. And they could kind of hang in a couple sports basketball. Baseball got good really quick, as we know. Football, though, they were having a forfeit games because right. they just were, were losing bodies. They just couldn't hang with the Trinity League, as, as Coach Bruce Rollinson modern day calls calls it the weekly wars of Trinity League football. It is it is rough. It is collegiate like. My son played in the Trinity League of football, and it was a step down for him when he played Division three football on the East Coast. And uh, it, it is it is rough tumble stuff. Yep. So I think uh, uh, by putting Korean Lutheran in the Empire League with Cypress Kennedy, uh, Pacifica Tustin, and Valencia, I think that was a really uh, uh, kind move by the Orange County Releaguing uh, group, which was, you know, was represented, you know, every principal in the, in, right. the, in, the, in the darn county was in this giant room I was in for this. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool that they did that to Korean Lutheran. Now, if you guys might recall back in the 90s, uh, a guy back when, when your son was, when Ryan was playing uh, at Woodbridge, mm-hmm. um, I think you, you might recall that Servite, there was this thing that happened, they put a lot of the Catholic schools and, and Orange Lutheran too, Orange County private, the big Orange County private schools into leagues with public schools. Modern right, went right. down to the South Coast League. They tried to put them in areas where they really didn't draw a big, uh, a, a, a big amount of their, their athletic student body. You know, modern day's kind of a, a Huntington Beach uh, school in a way. Right. Um, so they put Orange Lutheran in the Empire League, which they thought, well, Orange Lutheran, you know, they're not going to grow that fast, which they did. And then they put Servite down in the sunset. Eventually moved in the Golden West, modern day in the South Coast, Santa Margaret in the Seaview League. Yeah, and I do remember and, all that. And, yeah, and I thought, hey, you know, I think this might work out okay. Boy, was I wrong, because the animosity that grew, <laughs> I mean, you, you, everybody feels like the, the, the Catholic schools 
are 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 recruiting, which is an illegal thing. It's called undue influence, but in CIF parlance, I, I always say that you know what? Uh, if you've got a, a seventh grader who's six foot five and a really good basketball player, you've probably already heard of modern day. And and you, they they don't you, they don't need to they don't need to go out and recruit that guy. Everybody knows that modern day is good at this. Orange Luton's good at that. Jay Sarah's good at this. You know, uh, so if they're recruiting, they're stupid to do so because it's getting them in trouble. And everybody's watching each other like a hawk these days. Uh, but, you know, people are going to make moves, um, you know, because they think it's a better situation for them. Uh, Matt McDonald, a, a, a really good quarterback at, at modern day, his junior year of 2016, he breaks his wrist on the first game of the season. They put in this freshman kid named JT Daniels who goes just off, and now he's like the top quarterback recruit in the nation going into his junior year this coming fall. Matt McDonald knew he was not going to supplant the job that he wasn't going to recover that right, job Daniels, he lost that right. JT Daniels assumed. So he transferred to Mission Viejo, had a great year. Uh, I think he's going to Boston College, maybe. But but Jeepers, that was a good transfer. And yeah. there's nothing, you know. And he's looking for a place to go. Mission who's really good at turning out quarterbacks. Right. They throw the ball. They got Rob Johnson there, who played in the NFL for ten years, set a bunch of Pac-10, Pac-12 records at USC. Hey. If I'm a dad and I got a guy who can gun the ball, who's a good quarterback, hey, I might be thinking of Mission Viejo too. Yeah, well, and, and that, that gets to you know at the, at the very opening, I was going to make reference to as this time of year, there's all these all league selections and all county yeah. selections that come out of the different schools, and it's interesting. I, at least my observation is while. Players and parents may gravitate to a school that they think is the best program. It's sort of interesting when you make your, you and I don't want to talk about the process when the all league, well, and more importantly, the all county selections are made. It's from schools all over. It's not predominantly yeah. out of the Sunset League, so it or, or out of the the uh, private school leagues. It's interesting that best players are best players, whether they play for a, a, a top school or not a top school. And and I just the, the reference point. I would get take a guess here in the years that you've been doing high school sports and making the all county selections. How many guys do you think? That you selected on an all county team have made it into the big leagues in baseball. Any any oh, guess boy. over the last thirty years? Oh, gee. oh my! Man, <laughs> 40, that, 40 that, or fifty? Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, really. Probably probably forty or fifty. I mean, I would imagine. I just I, I can you know I I can just go over if I had a you know list of MLB rosters in front of me. Man, you know, I, I go to Angel Stadium and watch the game. And go, oh yeah, I know that. Oh yeah, I covered him. Oh yeah, no, you know, you know, Danny Espinosa, second baseman. Yeah. he lived up the street. He lives. And he still does. You know, he lives in my neighborhood. Um, you know, Nolan what? Arenado at El Toro. I Mark mean, Trumbo didn't live very far away from you. Uh, he was in Villa Park. Villa Park, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Um, keepers. There, there, there's there's so many guys all over the place. Like I say, if I had a had a list of them, uh, had a list of rosters, I could point out almost a guy on almost every major league baseball. Kyle Hendricks, a great pitcher at uh, for the Cubs, uh, Capistrano Valley. They're they're just dudes all over. This place just pumps out the baseball uh, uh, prospects all over the place. And I tell you what. The nation got a good idea, and I'm glad we're switching to baseball because it is a baseball show, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, I, I, I was looking at what were we talking about. I just lost my track. Oh, you were talking about just the the major league players and re- relationship of Orange County to the to the country. 
Yeah, it, it, okay, this is what I was going to say. The National High School Invitational, which is out in Cary, North Carolina, the home right. of USA Baseball. Right. And, I, and, I, and I'm kind of always haranguing on the nation, national guys of baseball, Americans, some and all sorts of things about, you know, you guys are kind of overlooking some of the fellas here. I, you know, and they're, well, you know, there's other players out there, you know. Okay, so we go out to National High School Invitational. Huntington Beach wins that thing. Dana Hills finishes second. The final fourth. All four teams were, were California. Three of them, mm-hmm. I think Orange Lutheran was a semifinalist, right. right? Yep, absolutely. Dana Hills and Orange Lutheran aren't going to win their league championships here in Orange County in the final four in the big national tournament. Right. Wow. They, Orange Lutheran might not make the darn playoffs. You right. know, so, you know, and these guys got to take a look at that and go, well, they must just got really terrible. No, they just ran into great competition out here. <laughs> right. Yeah. If, if everybody's good, it's it's hard to uh, have a, a ten and zero record. It's that, well, it's that East Coast bias in some respects. Baseball is here. It's re- and I am I, I am going to be biased towards my fellows. Hey, guilty as charged, everybody. Yeah. But um, you know, but I see it all the time. And yeah, I, when I they stack up nationally, rosters and good lord, the the the, the, the beautiful. Baseball that we have here in Orange County is stunning, really well coached, and I think the best collection of coach. And I've written this before: the best collection of high school sports coaches. You know, maybe maybe they're in volleyball or something like that. But I think that our collection of baseball coaches here are ridiculously great. And a lot of these guys are teachers from eight o'clock to one o'clock, and then go out there and get the field ready, and then coach a baseball team. It's it's amazing the coaching. The, the athletic ability, you know, also the personal training, the great leagues we have, like like you know, Mr. Lemon's league that that is that has helped develop so many guys, including Seagerstrom High School. They're 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 going to win that Golden West League, and and Erasmo Ramirez. He tells me the reason they're so good is because they played in in the Ryan Lemon Foundation uh, summer league, yep. and that got that got their kids to confront really good competition. And as everybody knows. The better competition you face, the better you're going to be. Yeah, we think we have a little bit of influence there with Laguna Beach, too, because they've stepped up and played in our fall and winter league as well. And uh, they're playing the modern days of the world, and they're, you know, sometimes they take their lumps, but they're also learning, so it's pretty and, good. Yeah, and you, learn, and you learn from that, too. And and they're running away. I, I think they're undefeated still in that Orange Coast League. Yep. They're going to be right. fun to watch. You know, they want to see that title the other year. Right. And uh, and they're going to they're going to be pretty fun to watch in the playoffs. They're in Division Two this year. Uh, that's going to be a step up for them. That's a pretty good group of, of baseball teams in Division Two. Right. And we well, can talk about that about how they group the playoffs this year too. That's that's an interesting. Well, and I'll just I'll take a minute and just since you let into it, we'll I'll plug our uh, Ryan Lemon Foundation League because if there happens to be coaches or parents, we we sometimes have openings for more teams. But it is a fall and winter program. We have it for both varsity and non varsity. And Dick, in the fall, we have uh, between varsity and non varsity. There's 44 high school teams. Forty-six high school teams that participate. Well, we, we we can we take twenty-eight. It's all we can max out now, and um, so we take twenty-eight teams, and we're full. And well, you're doing something right, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, we're doing something right. So it, it we, is, we have a waiting list every year. If we had more fields, we could it, it add is, more. It is fun to see, and our focus is, and and it gets back to Steve. I know what you do. You report on high school baseball, not not travel ball very much, and we, and we the foundation supports everything associated with education-based athletics because all of the programs that we do. Right or wrong, try to benefit the high school player, whether he's the best yeah. guy on the team or the worst guy on the team. Because obviously, when it comes varsity season, it's uh, 
hell-bent to, for victory that the fall leagues and the winter leagues give a chance for coaches to let every kid play an equal amount of time. And, you know, that probably leads to t- – tell us about the process. I know when is the uh, – you're everybody is always interested, those that are involved, uh, about the all-county selections, both all-county players, player of the year, coach of the year. Tell us about that, that process that you go through, and when are you going to – I know I don't think we're going to announce it today now, but, but when will you be announcing that, and what is the process that you go through? Coach of the year, player of the year, and the all-county teams? June, early June, that'll come out. Um, the process is one that ages me. Because <laughs> it's the most difficult part of my job is picking all. Now, I, I'm in charge. Football, I'm, <clears throat> I'm involved with the football selections, and we have a panel of guys there because football is the big, ta- big, big dog in the business. And so we have a group of guys who cover football pretty, pretty high, uh, pretty tight. And, uh, uh, so what we'll do is we'll uh, have a meeting and really go over that. Now, basketball, all Steve Fryer. Baseball, all Steve Fryer. I'm picking those. I'll ask a couple questions and ask a lot of coaches. And when I ask a coach, like, let's say, guy, let's say you're the coach of Smith High. I'm going to ask you not about Smith High players. I'm going to ask you about Jones High player. Uh, Dick Owens, you're the right. coach of Jones High. I'm not going to ask you about Jones High players. I'm going to ask you about Smith High players. Right. And hopefully you'll give me a, an honest answer and there's no um, agenda or something like that, you know, hanging there that, you know, you and the coach on the other side don't get along or some such. So I look at the all-league teams, that that is crucial. The players, because those, those come out, those will be selected here really soon, probably this coming weekend. Well, we, well we, in fact, let us yeah. give you a look. Dick, go ahead. Yeah, we're, we host all the all-league meetings, and uh, so that we're hosting it on Monday. So they'll be picking yeah. their teams on Monday. Well, and just that process for listeners to know, I, I don't think it's a secret. We certainly can't tell the process, but just so that everyone knows, and particularly, Steve, if you use that as a reference point, all the coaches from all the leagues get together, each league, the six coaches of a particular league, they meet, it's a two- or three-hour process, they share statistics of all their teams, and they go around to process and vote. They vote first on who's deserving a first team, who's deserving a second team, and so someone may think, oh, I'm Johnny from Smith, I'm not getting adequately represented. Well, every coach from that league is in there and they are speaking not only about their own players but about their reaction to other players and so yeah. you know no one is missed everyone's listed and they go they go through a process of first team second team and honorable mention um and it's inter- and that information yeah is forthcoming by you know by Tuesday of next week the, you know the the leagues all the leagues that we involve and that's eight or nine of all of the leagues um have made their selections and it's interesting that you use that and of course as we talked about before you've been picking the all county team for 20 plus years so you have yeah. a pretty good eye for what's deserving and what's not and let me tell you what i don't like about the, the all league teams is that they're a little they're weighted toward uh the league standings so right. the team that finishes first uh, just for the sake of the, just throwing these numbers out there the team that is first is always going to get the player of the year always going to get the coach of the year most of the time i'd say grand 90 percent of the time the first place team also will get, uh, and I'm just using these numbers just for the sake of discussion. The the, the the first place team will get automatically get four slots on first team. Second place team automatically gets three slots, and so on down. So there may be two really good guys on this the the, the sixth place team or the last place team uh, who who are good enough to be on first team, right. but but because the way it's slotted, 
that that kid who's really deserving first team is going to be down on second team. Right. So I really don't like that situation too good. And I and I but at the same time, picking all county team, I have to really rely on those all league teams because those are the guys who know the players, know the teams, they see them all the time, they know what's up. Character counts in uh, in in my selections as well. There was a time where there was a really good athlete who was probably headed for first team. Uh, there was a character issue where this person did something after a game that was unsavory to me, and that cost him a spot on the first team. Uh, you know, but going into the next year, totally clean slate. This kid earns first team. This kid's going to get first team. Um, well, good. So, yeah, I well, it, it is. That. It is. It was really hard for me, and the the coach, you know, was pretty angry at me for not putting this youngster on on first team. But character counts for me. And if it was me and I was the coach of that team, that that player, I would not have allowed him to participate in the the following game uh, because of the uh, the actions of this young person. Because if you're a coach, you're also a teacher. Well, and, you know, and that gets to something where, you know, we stress, and certainly this is amateur athletics. This isn't professional athletics. And in theory, at the high school level, it, it's, it's a right, it's not a, a right to play. You, you, you get the opportunity if you are doing a good job in school. You have to meet the standards academically and, and, and socially in order to be uh, allowed to play on the team. And, and so I think that is good to support that. Sometimes it's hard for a parent to accept, but it, it does cause it to be put into the right perspective. Every, whenever I was able to play uh, full-court basketball into my 40s, every time I walked on a court, I, I wasn't smart enough to have this in my head when I was a teenager, but every time I walked on the court from my 20s on, I always played for the kid who never got a chance to play. There you go. He's in a wheelchair. He's in a hospital, whatever. I always played for that guy who couldn't go. I, you know, I, I'm blessed to be able to run up and down and jump and do all those things, and there's some kids who never got a chance to do that because they're born with cerebral palsy, you know, uh, spina, spina bifida, whatever. Those and and if you if you've been blessed and it is blessed with athletic skill, protect that and 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 honor that in the in your in the way you comport yourself on the athletic field. Well, and I, it's That's it's too great. bad that message doesn't get delivered uh, a lot because I think sometimes it's easy for people to get a little overtly focused that they think they can be multimillionaires, and as we all know, there it's a it's a pretty small percentage that. Uh, well, it's, it's the parents too, guys. I mean, I got a, a lot of stock for phrases uh, about high school sports. One of mine is that high school parents are just literally parents on steroids. <laughs> so speaking of that segue, that's a good one. Parents and administration and yes. coaches these days. It seems like in preponderance more in baseball than it is in it seems to be in football or basketball and, and maybe it's because we follow a little more about baseball but and you follow it daily on, on a daily basis. It seems like there seems to be more coaches under the gun, under fire for uh, what they might say out there. Uh, all of a sudden, administration goes in and, and their coach is fired. Uh, what's your kind of take on some of the stuff that's going on with the parents and that? Are we, are we overreacting as parents these days? Yeah, I, th- I think so. You know, parents parents have way, way too much control. I mean, we certainly saw Larry. And, and you know, and, and 
Sometimes I, I don't get all sides of the story. Right. But from trying to get all sides of the story, it looked like what happened with Larry McCann at Esperanza, who got canned a few weeks back. Uh, McCann got canned. Right. So, you know, <laughs> it, it just seems like that was one of, a, a, a kind of a pretty good example of, of the parents kind of went overboard a little bit here. Um, I've seen it happen. Uh, parents are really, uh, they think their kids are delicate flowers and, um, you know, the, the stuff you can get, get, away, get away with at a private school, you just couldn't at a, at a public school. Right. Know, private school, they just tell you, hey, you don't like it, just leave. But, you know, <laughs> and, the, the, and the, you know, the administration's going to back you. But the public schools, man, they, they really, they're really scared of, I don't know, litigation or whatever. And so a lot of times parents have a issue and they're looking for an issue sometimes too. You know, Johnny's not playing enough. And so they're trying to find something to get that coach out of the way. So maybe John, Johnny will play for the new coach. Uh, Booster's got a lot of, lot of power, fundraising power. You know, giving, giving parents that much control over, over high school athletics, it's kind of like giving Keith Richards the keys to the pharmacy, you know? <laughs> I love it. It's just not a good idea. No, you're and, right. Uh, and, and they're really fall, falling. And Vince Brown at Foothill, for example, he he kind of gave, you know, criticized the kid. Not that much. Not, not you know, more than my boy would ever get at Servite. Gosh, nothing close. And and what, you, what I got when I was a young boy playing at uh, basketball as the worst defensive player in the history of Orange County at Saddleback High School, <laughs> some of the stuff that I, I would get ridden for. And, and But now it's just like, you know, these kids are – are these kids really delicate flowers? I, I don't think so. So, yeah, it's gotten it's gotten way too on the other side. Can it ever get back to the way it was where the coach had a little more authority? I don't know. Uh, we You know – is that toothpaste out of the the, the canister there? Right? You can't yeah. get it back in. Yeah. I, I don't know. Well, you know, I think I think in part, yeah, I think it's it is troubling, and and I see that just it seems to be going on and more and more where one parent can control fifty kids in a program, and and that to me is not right. And the administrations, I think, need to have a little more backbone. Well, opinion. and I and I think my my observation is, and I'm and I'm familiar with the one gentleman that you referred to, and I was involved in that, and felt like. You know, there there was no wrongdoing. Fortunately, in that case, uh, a, a vast majority of the parents defended the the coach's actions, and the and yeah, the Vince, right, yeah, right, right, and the administration changed their viewpoint. Because to me, that where where the backbone needs to be is strengthen the position of the administration. And I think you're right; they are concerned about litigation. But on the other hand, life doesn't. You know, <laughs> people get reprimanded, people get fired, and nothing has been done wrong. And I I think if if administrations would be a little more strong towards the realization that the coach is first an instructor and oh by the way he just happens to be instructing an athletic class because they give the teacher an inordinate amount of leeway in their performance and they give a coach an inordinately small amount of leeway in in what they do and they and they react to pressure so to me what while the parent you know the parents are allowed to have a viewpoint the, the administration sure. needs to be the one that steps in and says no wait a minute He's he's still performing his duties admirably relative to educating the kids. So, well, let's come back to the to the all count and the all league coach of the year. How do you what? Tell me about that process. I mean, I know while that ultimately only honors one gentleman, I think in most cases when I've seen where I happen to know players on the team, I think players on a team feel a great sense of uh, honor 
if they hear that their coach was selected coach of the year. Can you speak to how you make that decision? That, that um, who got the most out of his roster, you know? Who kind of like was, oh, everybody thought he was going to be fourth place, now they won the league championship, uh, that sort of thing. <clears throat> Maybe the team was pretty bad in 2016 and really rallied and had an unbelievable 2017. All, all those things go into it. And also, uh, what I try to do is I try to spread it around. Yeah, I, I try to make sure it's not the same coach that got it within the last 10, 12, or 20 years or whatever. I don't think I've ever had a repeat selection as baseball coach of the year. Maybe one basketball guy, maybe one football guy, um, but no baseball coach has ever done it twice. I was thinking of guys who are a good example. Uh, Arlie Kearney, uh, baseball coach at Sunny Hills. Right. Not a real good athletic school, but he won a freeway league championship or some such. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, and that was pretty pretty noticeable. Jeff Sears won it when he was at Laguna Beach. Uh, boy, you know Laguna Beach is really not a baseball town, right? It's a it's an aquatic. Actually, I think I think the, the one they won well the one last year they won CAF right under Mike Bear. Yeah, Mike Bear, who's right. now assistant coach at Foothill. Foothill, right? And um, and I'm trying to remember other guys, but it's generally you know, and sometimes it's a guy who's. Who does have a good team, but he takes that team all the way to the to the to the finish line and crosses that finish line in first place. Sometimes it's a guy like that because sometimes coaching a team of great talent uh, and getting them to all buy in is the cliche stuff, but it is true. Sometimes coaching the most talented team is, is really tough because yeah. these kids, you know, feel like they're on top of the world and getting them to coalesce and become a unit. Is really tough. I remember as as a boy, uh, I was a big Laker fan, and we um, when the Lakers got Elgin Baylor and Jerry West and Wilton Chandler, I thought, oh, well, that's it, man. Just so it was <laughs> mail that thing into us, and then the freaking Celtics come and ruin everything. Right. And so and so, but maybe they just didn't have the right coach, you know, to mold those those three, you know, Baylor, West, and Chamberlain, and what have you together. And you know, I think. Uh, I think I think uh, what Steve Kerr is doing with the Golden State Warriors, for example, I think you know getting those Yankees to play together, you know, when they were had all the great players, and sure. how how the heck uh, Dick Williams kept those Oakland A's together in the seventies? Because what a wild bunch those guys were, right. <laughs> And so and so sometimes being a you know Bill Belichick, you know, he's got all the freaking talent on that New England team. But man, he he can get them to to play together. Benji Madura over at uh, Huntington, he's got two guys going to be drafted in the first round. Right. But he just just roll the ball out and go sit back and spit sunflower seeds all day. He's working that lineup. He's doing all kinds of funky things. You know, saying you know what? I think Hagen Danner. We got to have a second baseman day. Hagen Danner, go play second. I've never played second. Ah, you'll be fine. <laughs> just his instinct. I, so I was at that game. Hagen Danner makes like two awesome plays at second. Uh, Benji knows his guys. That's a good coach right there. Yeah. But there's a lot of fellas that, that got big talent, and, and they know how to put it together and and make it work. Bert Call at Modern Day uh, certainly has done that in the past as well. I think uh, Chris Ashbach has had talented teams at Mission, and and he's uh, he's he's done really well with with that. Uh, you know, kept them on the same page, same goal, kept them unified. Uh, with high school kids, that's pretty tough. I, high school kids, you know, who knows what distraction they've had? You know, two hours before the game, right. girlfriend breaks up, got a bad test. You know, mom forgot to make me lunch. Whatever. You know, there's a thousand things out there. So, 
you know, even so, I look for like sort of like the underdog coach. Yeah. But sometimes those coaches of teams that are really super talented got to keep an eye on them too in the in the coach of the year process. Well, I know another one. Just a real quick comment. This is a 30-second observation on your part. And I guess he would be described as a patriarch of coaches in Orange County right now in baseball. I happened to run into him a couple of years ago and didn't realize he had won seven or eight CIF titles as Bob Zamora down at Capitol Valley. Been there forever. Isn't he now yeah. probably the, the most tenured um, baseball coach, would you guess? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think so. I, I think he has. Um, he started coaching with Coach Casey Stengel, I think. <laughs> he thought, he start, he, I'm sure he close. started before you started at the register. That puts yes, you both. Uh... Yes, he did. He, start, he, he probably beats me by about a year. You know, I was a young boy, about 78 or 79, and I know I covered uh, – I know I covered some Capistrano Valley baseball way back when, and he was coaching them back then uh, when I was a kid, you know, just covering whatever they told me to do and making food runs and, you know, making sure the water cooler was filled and all that <laughs> stuff when I was a boy. Oh, you'd be amazed at the sort of jobs you do when you're the, of course. You know, the gopher. And, 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 and Zamora is one of the few that I know that's got a stadium named after him, and he's still coaching. Yeah. So yeah. It's... He's the greatest guy, too. <laughs> you know what? And I'll tell you something about Bobby Z. Balanced guy in yep. terms of winning and losing of anybody. That guy is a darn treasure. Yep. And, you know, and, and the Capstone Valley just say, hey, he coaches as long as he wants. Gorgeous. That's the way it should be. Right. You know, he's yep. going to coach as long as he wants. But, you know, to his, to his maybe he was in his early days, but, you know, he's kind of like, ah, you know, we lost. Uh, you know, it's not the end of the world stuff. And a lot of people go, well, that's not how a winner wins. No, Bobby Z's a winner. He's just a balanced guy. He was also a really good player, a semi-pro player for a team called the LaFonda Stars. When I was playing baseball at Memorial Park in Santa Ana, there was a, a, a 90-foot basis field out among the four four fields there. And I would go over, when we were all done, we'd over go watch LaFonda Stars play. They were a dynamite Metro League semi-pro baseball team. And old-timers will know what the Metro League was. And we used to go watch them. They had this, like, badass little second base. And I loved why I played second base my first couple years ago. Man, I love watching this guy play. Yeah, it was Bob Zamora. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I got to yeah, tell you, it. Steve, I, you know, all your different comments, and we've got several other topics, and we'll try to hit you with the flash round. I, I know that those people that are listening, Steve was nice enough. He's not feeling very well, and he's had some, you know, just some, you know, immediate health issues. And, Steve, it sounds like we've energized you, and you could go on for hours. We've probably got 10 or 15 minutes, but let me hit a yeah, couple let's of. Let's do it. Let's hit a couple of top ones. I know in your articles every week and recently you had your selections of the top ten. I thought it's interesting that four of them came out of the Trinity League, a couple out of Seaview, South Coast, and, and Pacific Coast. Out, out of those top ten, are you making predictions who's going to win CIF? Are the, are the oh, different CIF divisions? Man. Can you put on your Karnak hat? Yeah, your Karnak hat. Who, <laughs> who are you guessing? Me, the bird of paradise. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Ed McMahon. There we so, go. Uh, um, <laughs> Are you predicting I, you know, some Orange County CIA? Well, let's, let's just go uh, finalists. Uh, well, yeah. Well, you, you know what? I, I thought you guys liked me. Now you're making me predict. we got to hit you, you know with what? a couple of tough ones. Who do you think sure, of, no, no, out of Orange no, County no, are going to make so, CIF finals? You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be writing that stuff later this week anyway on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, where I do my predictions of, of, you know, Final Four, who's going to win and all that stuff. Right. So, yeah, let's get it. Let's get Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway. So what the heck? I really like Huntington Beach. Very complete team. Pardon me. Very complete team. Very confident team. Well managed team. They just won the Boris Classic. The state, uh, the, the South version of that, and the state version of that as well. National High School Invitational champs. Man, uh, all, all the uh, all the the, the 
the good things that going on over there, they got to be the favorite in D1. I like Mission Viejo. I think they're a pretty solid group, too, as well. Now, if, if somehow they get in it in the 32-team bracket, Orange Luther might be a team to watch out for. Now, they got to they got to somehow sneak into that playoff because you have to finish in a six-team league or a five-team league. you got to finish in the top three to get automatically qualified for the playoffs. Now, if there is not enough automatic qualifiers, if there are not 32 automatic qualifiers, then you start looking at fourth and fifth place teams. So in Division One, there are 42 teams in Division One, and there's a 32 team bracket. There may be not a, not all these. There may not be enough 32 automatic qualifiers. So there may be some openings for large teams here and there. And if Orange Lutheran gets in, I, I would think watch out for them. I think that uh, also. Uh, uh, I was just looking at them over here just a second ago. Down in some of the lower divisions, what do you think of? Well, you know what? I, I like uh, I, I like Beckman in Division Two. I think they're really strong and really good-looking team as far as Orange County goes. I think that's the best of the group. And Tribuco Hills, which I saw beat uh, Hans Krause the other day. Boy, those guys right. were swinging the sticks with some confidence over there. So they're really good, too. Division Three, I saw Troy play. I think they look really good. Korean Lutheran's in Division Three, uh, and, uh, and and I think that Korean Lutheran might be might be pretty good. And so is Sage Hill because they got two really good p- pitchers, uh, the right. no hit kids, Brett Super and Ashwin Chiona, who's got four no hitters. Now some of those are five inning no hitters because they have they invoked the mercy rule on those because Sage Hill's re- they're really good. It'd be interesting how far th- that that club gets. Um, and Korean just uh, beat them right yesterday. Yes, they did. They yeah. beat them yesterday. I think. Uh, they scored a few runs on them, too. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what yeah, it was. No, yeah. but really huge win, and they came in the league, both 10-0 and in league. So this is a huge series for them. Now, working our way to Division Division 4, uh, Capistrano Valley Christian, Clemente Bonilla. There's a guy who played at Capistrano Valley, yeah. a protege mm-hmm. of Bob Zamora, as is Chris Oshbach over at uh, Mission Viejo. He's, he Clemente played on my Connie Mack team many, many yeah, years ago. See? Yeah, so I know the yeah. great young man. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Chris, oh my gosh. No, and then Clemente, both, both of them are great folks. And also watch out in Division 4 for Seagersham. They could be, they could be a lot of fun too. Also in that division mm-hmm. is, is, uh, Fullerton. I saw them play Troy. Good coach, good players. Really like them a lot. Division 5, keep an eye on, um, <coughs> uh, Catella. I think that's a pretty good team. They're, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, really strong in that league in uh in the orange league so they're doing pretty good and then looking over it at d6 um god we're not really totally strong there st margaret's the third place team they had academy league behind korean lutheran and sage hill so they might make a little bit of a push in that thing too uh godinas is in that too i think they're going to qualify for the playoffs and then you get to the, the little guys division seven you know i don't think we got much of a of a shot there, uh, Tarbu Vitora might get in that thing. They may be the county's best hope there. Interesting in, in Division 7, God, there's, there's like a couple hundred teams in that thing. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think, uh, I think those, those are the ones that I'm going to be looking at when I, when I start doing, um, well, it sounds, it sounds like, uh, in addition to being able to pick out of all of the, you know, darn near 70 or 80 high schools in Orange County, you'd be pretty good at the horse races. You know how, sounds like you know how to handicap, uh, on a daily basis. And to that end, give me your two best dark horse contenders. Name teams that you think might just shock people that aren't in your top 10 that, that might just spring up. Do you have a couple of dark horse guys? Well, they're not in the top 10, but they should be. I think Tribuco Hills and also, uh, uh Corona Del Mar. 
I think those are two teams that kind of not known as big baseball schools that are that, that could do pretty well. And then you know, and I think a lot of people think it's an acad- it's an academic school, yeah. So, but I think Troy, I think Troy might be that one of those one of dark schools horse. that kind of yeah. kind of gets pretty far in Division three. I know we saw just the other day. I was watching Cypress and Tustin play, and I guess they uh, yeah. they battled out in ten or eleven innings, and and so they're playing this Thursday for a league title. So it yeah. may be Cypress. I know um, uh, he he's always had some good teams up there, and Charles has done yeah. a great job getting things back around to Tustin. Hey, Maybe one of those two you. guys will sneak in. Guy, there's a county coach of the year candidate. Charles Chapman. Yeah, no, he's yeah. Uh, he's done a fine job bringing that yeah. program around. Hey, one other thing, shifting um, all-star games. I mean, as you know, we, we're proud of the game that we did. I saw in your article last week in the North-South County game, do you know how that process, those kids are selected for that? I, co- I know you commented you thought there were several guys that, that didn't get listed there on that. There are several guys out of that aren't in. And why they're not going, I don't know. But here's the thing is that the Greater Anaheim, uh, the, the Corners Club of Greater Anaheim, they ask to get the nominations from all the coaches of all the teams pretty darn early in the process. Right. Um, and then don't they select a head coach and then that coaching staff yes. determines the team? Isn't that their process? Yes. yes. The nominations come in and then the head coach and his staff select them. Not always do coaches um, send their nominations on a timely manner. Yeah. <laughs> and so and so I know there's one guy who's not on the team that should be um and that was the case with him but I, I think it's almost like we're seeing it's almost like the county football game is that we're starting to see maybe uh kids say well i don't want to play in that game because i've I've already got other commitments i don't think you have to worry about getting hurt in a county all-star game i've never seen that right happen. in a baseball game right it's a little different That's than football right. well I, I know just to give a shout out to those guys because i know at the end of the day they have 40 kids in that north south county game and clearly every kid that's selected for that is a great baseball player i you know it's whether a great all-star it's, game. it is it's a terrific all- every year yep. I, I and i'm committed to it i love covering that dang thing i think the Qantas guys do a great job with it uh well-organized game Everything's pretty pretty good with it. They select good coaches. Well, I know you you uh, mentioned game. you listed yep. five names that that didn't get selected, and I think yeah, it's appropriate. Prado and Danner of uh, Huntington, uh, Krauss of Dana. Um, gee, who else? I'm Royce Lewis at Jay Sarah. Yeah, and Garrett you know, Mitchell and, and, of Olu. Here's the other thing too: is that and here's the part of it. You know, more schools are graduating in May now. Right. Yeah. Right? That's part of it. And so and, and yeah, and so you know, hey, okay, uh, Johnny. It, graduates on may 27th well on june 3 we're going to hawaii yeah <laughs> exactly right yeah. i've been and there now so it's not like we all remember we all graduated at the same time right you know yeah, we all said... on the same same time or we all took easter breaks at the same, same time. time yep yeah and now it's like it's interspersed over over six weeks and i know and i and i by the way i know who's behind that the, the the massive uh, spring breaks spread all over the place. Yeah. So kids are off. All, you know who's behind that? Who? Disneyland. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I, and so I, I think so Disneyland I think... maneuver that. But, yeah. but, but I think so. So now kids are like, you know, hey, I can't play in that game because my folks, you know, spent a lot of money. We're, we're going to Europe. Yeah. Well, part, part of that, the group that you just mentioned there, those are all draft choices, too. And yes. a lot of times they go, well, my agent to be says that I maybe yeah. I shouldn't play. Advisor. Well, yeah, advisor shouldn't be shouldn't be doing that. We well, we have that with the same thing with our showcase where really? we have guys that don't they come and and show up a lot of times which is great, but they don't play in it because somebody's told them that 
they shouldn't play. Well, and I yep. just to that one, and I'll, I'll I'll plug our event. I know Steve, you know about it. it it's uh, ours is a little bit different. We we try and but by the very nature of the uh, North South County game that honors the top forty, we try and as people that know and will put in a plug for it. Our All Star game is June 9th and tenth, and we go to the all league meetings and have every league deliver their top twenty high school graduating seniors. So our All Star situation involves 160 kids and you know sometimes there are these first round draft pick guys that decide in the last minute by either their agent or out of a concern that they can't play but we still honor them and put them on the roster and and uh so for those kids that are wondering if they're going to get in that that know that that process is a little bit different selection method insofar as we rely on the leagues to do their all league selection and any senior that's selected be it honorable mention first or second team is listed and if they are still short a couple of seniors then they add guys to fulfill a full team um and then we have you know four as you know steve we have four games um with the eight leagues spread over the two days so we hope i mean our, our hope with between the kiwanas and ourselves that that there's a lot of kids that get honored at the end of the year for their uh, for their all league and you know they're no, frankly great i love your i love your uh, concept of the all-star thing you know doing it league versus league it's a lot of fun and I think the kids love that format. I really do. Uh, and also, it's also close to my heart because my son was a bat boy in that one year. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. Yeah. Yep. And the other thing to put it, you had mentioned in your article last week, and I know we, we as baseball guys are very close to the, the whole process of baseball and umpiring is, is a big component of it. Both people get upset yeah. because of calls and, and sometimes calls are controversial. And obviously at the finish of every game, no matter how good the umpire is done, there's a winner and a loser. They can't change the outcome of win and lose. But but you made a, a reference in your last article, and I wanted to do another one, that, that the OCBOA, Orange County Baseball Officials Association, is just baseball. They are in need of umpires, and the foundation has given them a $7,500 scholarship to support incoming young guys so if there's anybody listening that wants to become an umpire and make a career out of it or have a second job or work a couple of games while they're going to college or after college that and steve you had listed something as a name to contact in your article if anyone that's listening to this wants to get involved in as a baseball umpire and, and avail themselves of the scholarship to be able to fund some of those opening costs contact Dick or myself at uh, Ryan Lemon Foundation, and we'll we'll pass that along. I, you, and, and the guy to the guy to contact to, to get uh, the, the CIS the Orange County Liaison of Officials is Speed Castillo. Oh, okay. He's at big Speed at AT and T dot com. B I G S P E E D at A T T dot com. And Speedster is he Speed Castillo, a, a legend, um, great guy. He's he's the guy to contact for that sort of thing, but you know, coaches and parents can help us get good umpires and retain good umpires. They just take it easy, stop. But home plate umpires take more abuse than officiating in any sport, maybe soccer. But but home plate the home plate ump takes more abuse than any ump. Yep. I mean, I sit. I always put my chair like somewhere around the plate, and there's a. Guy like standing down the first baseline, and he and he's arguing calls and strikes an umpire. The umpire's got the best view of that strike zone, friends. You know, and so <laughs> yeah. lay off these guys. They're, they're and if and if you're you're, ch- you're going to chase them off, and then you're not going to have any umps. 
Yeah. And you're going to have all kinds of problems. The shortage of umpires is bad, but coaches and and spectators can do a lot easier. The problem with, with parents, especially dads, guys, is that every dad who was an assistant coach on his son's t-ball team thinks he can manage the Angels. And it's crazy what happens. Um, I think we're probably running out of time, yeah, but I got a yeah. story to tell of you. Okay, yeah. good. Give, go, give the go story. It'll be our wrap up to the hour. This is this is what happens at a game. A guy swings at the swing, takes a swing at the at, at the at the at the pitch. It hits him in the fists. It goes foul. It's it's a two two count. Hits him on the fist. Goes foul. What's the call? I, I would say foul ball, but I don't think yeah. it's a hit batter. Yeah, he swung at it, but see, he swung at a pitch that hit him because the hands are part of the body, body. not part of the bat. So he, so actually, it's a swing and a miss. Oh, it, it, it would be like if it hit him in the thigh and he swung and missed. It's the same deal. Uh, so, the swing yeah. comes before the before the hit batter, therefore he's out. Yeah, so so that was strike three. That's a, that's a swing and a miss, strike three. And and I knew the rule because. I kind of check out on these things a little bit, but it's really an odd rule that hardly ever comes up. And so these people were like yelling at the up about it. And I was thinking, man, there's so many times, guys, where I just want to stand up and shout and just, you know, tell the parents <laughs> what the heck's up, but that would be inappropriate. Unfortunately. <laughs> well, very, very good, Steve. Any, we've kind of wrapped up the hour. We appreciate you yeah, hanging well. in there and staying healthy. Any last remarks, concluding thoughts you want to share with Any people? Any more predictions you want to make? Yeah. The playoffs <laughs> are going to be awesome. They it's are. It's going to be fun. There's going to be so many great games. The hardest team championship to win in the CI Southern section is Division One baseball. It's a seven-inning game. you got 21 outs to work with. One ball strike call don't go your way. One double play you don't turn can change the game around and just change the whole darn playoffs. It is an amazing tightrope. It became, and the reason I say Division One baseball because all those teams are so good and so skilled and so talented. The margin of error is tiny, tiny. And the second hardest to win is a Division Two baseball championship. Yeah, same yep. reason. Yep, for sure. Well, very good. Well, Steve, thank you for your time. I hope uh, yeah. we'll have a lot of people listening to what you have to say. And and if somebody wants to reach out to you with a question or a comment or an observation, how's the best way for them to contact you? They can mail an envelope of money too. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm at sfryer at scng.com, which stands for our new partnership, Southern California News Group. Right. And, uh, and you know, get, you know, people just Google Steve Fryer, F-R-Y-E-R. And, you know, unfortunately, I can't hide from people. <laughs> okay. Well, Everybody knows you. Well, very good, Steve. Yeah, I appreciate your time. I hope you're feeling better. And uh, anybody that's watching baseball know that they'll see you on the field a lot and are looking forward to all your selections for the final top ten, your predictions on CIF, and certainly the coach of the year, player of the year, and all of your uh, all-county selections. It's a big highlight for me every year to see who uh, who is deemed most worthy. So thank you again, Steve, as another baseball season comes to a conclusion. All right, guys. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Thanks Thank a lot. You, so you bet. Cheers. And with that, everyone, thank you for listening to the Ryan Lemon Foundation's uh, baseball podcast. And as we always say, keep swinging for the fences. Thank you. Thank you.